rescued me that I can be obedient to him. Turning your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to continue our study in the book of 1 John. Got to do a little house cleaning right there. 1 John chapter 2, if you'll stand in honor of God's word, we'll begin with verse 7. You there? Say amen. Good, 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 good. Shows that we have the word of God in our hands. Amen. Laura, you've got to catch up, girl. (laughs) That's why you're not standing, because you weren't there. (laughs) Just kidding, just thinking. All right, verse 7. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing you a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Father, I pray now that as we go through your word, God, that you will help us to have understanding, but God, that you also give us wisdom in how to live out that understanding in the correct way. So, Father, I pray now that you'll be glorified through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, I didn't go through Jason or Laura when I was going to do this, so I'm going to go ahead and do it, all right? What's love got to do with it? Right? Y'all want me to start singing? Uh, I see a lot of heads this way, and amen. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you for answering that. I'm just going to read a couple of lines from this song that we know from uh, Tina Turner. And uh, those of you who uh, hear this song on the radio, whether you want to admit it or not, I know that you sing it in your cars. I know I do. But anyway, uh, I want to talk about what love is this morning because that's what we're going to see in the word. Um, And uh, so here it is. Oh, what's love got to do with it? got to do with it what's love but a second-hand emotion Hmm. what's love got to do with it who needs a heart when a heart can be broken i've been taking on a new direction but i have oh sorry (laughs) but i have to say i've been thinking about my own protection and it scares me to feel this way right and so love is a big discussion today every day with whoever you may want to talk to But the thing is, is that there's different um, uh, explanations of what love is. Now, this word love, what she's talking about, is definitely a conditional love. And evidently, because of writing this song, she's expressed her feelings that somebody has not shared the love with her in a rightful manner. That it has been in a conditional way. And sadly we see conditional love played out in the church. Look at this verse, John 13, 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love, if you have love for one another. What's Jesus saying there? 
he is saying a big, well, Jesus always says a big statement, but he's saying something big here. What he's saying is he's talking to who? His disciples, right? And he's telling them by the way that they treat each other will show the world who he is. So in order to understand what kind of love Christ is talking about, we have to look at his life and what he says, right? Now, he uses, uh, we, we see in Scripture three definitions for love, or three words that are used for love. Now, in the Greek, uh, then there's, there's several words that are used, but in the English, we only have one, all right? I want to describe them for you, and some of you may already know this, but just it's good to review, amen? The first one is eros. This is a sexual kind of love. This is basically how I would, uh, I've heard somebody define this one way. You sacrifice yourself for my pleasure. Basically, if you want to say, I lust you. That you're going to do what I want you to do for my pleasure. Okay, that's eros. Or phileo, which is what? Brotherly love or friendly love, okay? We both sacrifice each other to please each other. Basically, we can sum it up to, I like you. You know, these are the little boys and girls dating little things. Oh, I like you. Do you like me? You know, check yes or no. This is that kind of love or the kind of love that we may show each other. It's still conditional because it's what? It's if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, right? You know, you may scratch my back for five minutes and you do that, I'll scratch yours for a minute. It's still conditional. It's still even uh, not a, a full type of love if you would say. And then lastly, we have agape, which is godly love, which is what he shows towards us. I sacrifice myself to serve others. And if you want to sum it up, I love you. Look, we should see, uh, sadly enough, even in our marriages, we see the first two loves played out. But rarely do we see unconditional love. Like how many of you, and don't raise your hand, but how many of you, that you're willing to do whatever it takes for your bride or for your husband as long as. If they do this, then I'll do this. See, godly love is sacrificial love. It's going to cost you something. Did it cost God something? Yes, it did. Jesus' life, right? The pain and torture that he went through. The sin that bore on his shoulders as he was dying on the cross for you and I. And so today what we're going to talk about is we're going to continue what he talked about in verse 3. Look at verse 3, just so that you can understand where we're coming from. This is the background, okay? He says in verse 3, By this we know that we have come to know him. We can know that we have a relationship by something that we know. If we what? Keep his commandments. If we're being obedient is what we talked about last week. So if I'm being obedient to God's word, I can have assurance that I have a relationship with Christ. And last week we talked about what are the motives? Why do you obey? Is it for your purpose or your gain out of it? Or is it gratitude? He rescued me. The song that was just sung to us. What does it talk about? What did Christ do for you? What? He brought me out of sin. Is it, I mean, can, can we just sit there and say, well, he just, 
Brother Lee, he brought me out of sin. And Jimmy wasn't saying that. But here's what I want us to understand. You were born in sin. You were born in prison, in slavery, in the bondage of yourself. You could do nothing to please your Creator. And Christ came out. And He he lived a life, a perfect life, to die on the cross for you. That you don't deserve. And He gives you an opportunity, the privilege of serving Almighty God our Father if you surrender to Him. See, I think the reason why we, and I, well, okay, not we. I know that many times the reason why I don't obey is because I forget what Christ has done for me. So I want you to think for the next, I mean, I could be quiet. Maybe some of you would amen that for me to be quiet for the rest of the time. But we could sit here in a moment of silence and for you to, to remember what Christ has brought you out of. Now look, I don't mean just the little, the, the sins. You know, the drinking, the alcohol, whatever, the, the sleeping around, the, you, know, you fill in the blank. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about rescuing you from you, from sin, from bondage, from just this where you're not able to do anything that pleases God. And if you've been truly rescued from that, man, you'll be celebrating. And you'll be grateful. And it'll be evident in your life. And so obedience to the word. Last week, that's what we talked about. Now, Jesus gets specific here, okay? John does. John tells us specific of what Jesus is talking about, what he talks about in his ministry with his disciples. And he says, look what he says. So so one thing we're going to learn Uh, The main point I want you to get is loving others confirms our standing with God. Okay? So we're going to see loving one another reveals our relationship with God. Look at verse 7. Beloved, John is is not coming at you like this. Or he's not coming at me like this, pointing his finger. He's saying as as a brother in Christ, he's saying beloved. It's affection. He's saying, look. I want y'all to look at what Jesus has done in my life, and, and I want you to, I want it to be lived out in your life. He says, Beloved, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. And so what we're going to see here is that obedience has been taught since our conversion. When he says the beginning, he's talking about when you came to Christ. That that's the first thing you've heard. You've heard it from Christ himself in his word. John 14, verse 15. We talked about this last week. It says, uh, two slides forward. It says, if you love me, you will what? I mean, is that hard to understand? Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to what? Keep my commandments. Now, what what are his commandments? Is it the Ten Commandments? No. It's what Jesus talks about in his word. That he's, you're going to love the Lord your God with. Now let's talk about that. Do you love God with all that you are? How many of you would say you got it down? Raise your hand. My, my hand is not raised. All right, but I'm just saying. So we need to work on that, right? No. 
we need to let God work on that because we can't do it. I know that when I try to do things in my own strength, that floor usually has an impression of my face. So we need to let Christ work in our life. We, but our part is what? Is confessing it, right? Is, getting, is dealing with sin in our life. But when he says, I'm not writing a new commandment, John is letting us know that he's not coming up with something new, some improved idea, something, some new class that we have to take, some new beginner step, you know, another step that we have to take. He's not talking about a fad that's just coming up or some kind of lifeway program. <laughs> he's not talking about that. He says, I'm not making something up. What I'm about to tell you and share with you, you've already heard. You just need to be reminded about it. And in fact, we can see, I think I have some passages for you, that when Jesus says to love your neighbor or to, that you are to love one another, we see these passages come out in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6.5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, right? Wait a minute. So Jesus didn't just say that. Well, he did. In writing the word but you see where he's pulling it from he's shown it he's shown us it's not something new it's something that has been taught since the beginning then also leviticus leviticus 19 verse 18 you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people but you shall love your neighbor as yourself i am the lord so it's nothing new jesus is saying look israelites jewish people I want my disciples, I want you to know this is nothing new. You've already been taught this, but how is this living out in your life? And I would say, church, how is this living out in your life? How are you loving the Lord? How are you showing Him that you're loving Him? How does my daughter show me that she loves me? She listens to me. Well, I know that's hard at three years old. But you parents know what I'm talking about, okay? What is the greatest way that your child can show you that he or she loves you? Respect by listening to what you say, by doing what you say. Now, surely we can't know what the motives of our hearts are, or I, I don't know the motive of your heart, only God does. So he knows the motives of my heart. He knows why I obey. But at him as my father, what, how does he want me to obey? Because I want to, because of a life of gratitude. Because it, when I stand before him one day, if my motives are wrong, if I'm just doing it to use God or to use other people, guess what? I'm going to answer for that. But once again, if I am obeying God and His Word out of selfish motives, guess what I've done? I've forgotten what He's done for me. So tomorrow? Well, no, let's do this. So at like 1.15... When you're, you know, well, some of you leave earlier uh, because you come to this service. But let's say when you go to lunch and that server doesn't treat you right. Remember what Christ has done for you. Oh, Brother Lee, you shouldn't have done that. Because now I'm going to be thinking about that. Well, good. Good. Once again, God is amazingly orchestrating things in my life because this week and the week before 
has been an interesting week in dealing with people. Now, not across the board, okay? So if I saw you this week, doesn't mean that. But I've had a couple of conversations that I wish I'd never had. Do people ever get on y'all's nerves? Why do you think God allows those people to come into your life? Preach, preacher. Because if everybody in our life was easy to get along with, how could we truly see if we truly loved them? And that's even as Christians, because what we're going to see is he, he's talking about believers treating other believers. So I want you to look around in this service, just in this service. Look around at those around you. Do you have any animosity towards another person in here? Jason, why are you looking at Jeremy? <laughs> I just kidding. Do you? If you do and you are a believer, guess what you need to do? Get it right. Thank you, Jim. You got to get it right. Because it ultimately shows where we're at with Christ. If you can't love somebody else, especially somebody of your own family in Christ, then what is the lost world going to say? You know, Christians are the ones that are known, are only the ones that are known to shoot their wounded. Some of you are going through some hardships right now in your personal life right now. And some of you know of other believers that are going through hardships in your life right now, in their life right now. And we shouldn't write them off. Amen? then he says, on the other hand, in verse 8, on the other hand, I'm writing you a new commandment. Now, it sounds contradiction there, but he's not. If you look into the background of what John is doing, John is actually quoting Jesus, okay? Once again, in John 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. He says, a new commandment that I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you that you also love one another to understand what John is talking about here because he says the new commandment, but he doesn't explain what the new commandment is unless you go to 2 John verse 5, which he explains this. He says, Now I ask you, lady, not as, those I were writing, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which you have heard from the beginning, that we what? Love one another. There it is. That we love one another. So he's quoting Jesus here. Now, in the new, he's not talking about, when he says the word new, he's not talking about as far as in timeline, that this was old back then and now it's new today. What he's talking about as far as its freshness, as its completeness, because before Jesus came, we all saw the law, or people saw the law as something that had to be followed to the T. But when Jesus came, he's the only one that could follow the law, the fulfillment of the law. And so by doing that, he shows us what this true love is. Because what you could do is you can look at the Ten Commandments. The first four deal with us loving God with all that we are. The, se the second part, which is five through ten, you can see how to love your neighbor as yourself. Y'all see that? How that plays out? So when Jesus came and he fulfilled the law, 
He truly showed us in a new way how to completely love our neighbor as ourselves by fulfilling that law. That's what he's saying there. And so what you have to understand is by a relationship with Christ is the only way that you can love your neighbor as yourself. You see that? In Christ, because Christ has fulfilled the law, when he is in me, I've surrendered my life to him, I've given my life to him, he now dwells within me, and he's changing me from the inside out to make me look more like Christ. As he's doing that, I can fulfill the law in him by loving my neighbor. Now, how many of us still, as a believer, you fulfill the law? No, right? Because what? There's a battle within, right? There's a little thing within me called my flesh. Sometimes I want to, you know, just thump him off, right? But there's still a struggle there. You and I, some of you are struggling with that flesh right now. I'm struggling with my flesh right now. The battle does not stop on Sunday mornings. I'm not writing you a new commandment to you. Which is true in him. So we see it in Jesus. But then you can also see how it's going to play out. He says, and in you. Isn't that comforting? That you can actually love your neighbor as yourself. But only through a relationship with Christ and allowing Christ to live out in your life. So, church... Let's ask this hard question. Are you allowing Christ to live this out in your life? Do you have animosity towards somebody? Are you having a hard time forgiving somebody? Oh, wait a minute. Now, let's talk about this now. Because if you don't forgive somebody, what? You know, we should forgive others as Christ. Because when we don't forgive, now, does this, is there conditional? No, there's not. So think about the hardest thing somebody has ever done to you. You could probably, you've probably got pictures all in your mind right now. Flicker, flicker, flicker. What does Christ want you to do? Forgive them. Why? Because you as a believer, if you forgive that person, no matter who it is or what they've done to you, you are giving a picture of who? Christ. When you obey his word, you're given a picture of who? Christ, in his full obedience to the Father. So your, your life becomes magnifying Christ and glorifying Christ by the way that you live your life. That's good stuff. That takes it away from Lee being the show. And lets Christ be magnified in my life. So is there anything that somebody can do to you where you would say, I will not forgive you? You think of that. What if somebody, and I hope this doesn't happen, but it could. What if somebody decides to take my daughter from me and torture her, my wife from me and torture her? I don't give a rip about me. Do what you got to do. But what if somebody did that? Because y'all know, just in my example of myself, you know that those two ladies are very important in my life. 
you've got to ask yourself, where is that loving my neighbor or loving one another stop at? And he's talking to Christians about Christians. Why is it that my dad would say this? I don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites. Why is it that he would say something? Now, granted, that does not give him an excuse not to serve Christ. Y'all understand that. But it is valid that we listen to those pleas. And I believe it's this, is that you and I, we don't show love to one another. We don't iron sharpen iron. What does that mean? What about if I see sin in Brother Jason's life? Wait a minute, let's do that. Psalm 27, thank you, Lord. Psalm 27, look at this. I mean, yeah, Proverbs 27, thank you. Jimmy. Verse 5, look at what it says. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. It's talking about dealing with sin. That if I come to you or you come to me with sin in my life, and you, you say, Brother Lee, I see this in your life, and I wanna, I'm addressing it out of love. Now, granted, I want you to understand something, Brother Lee. There's, something, there's things in my life that I've got to get right. God is showing me that through his word and also other people. And I'm dealing with that sin in my life. So I want you to know that. But in that, I want you to also understand. Did I see this in your life? And I see it hurting your testimony before a lost world. And granted, everybody stay here. Because okay, it's serious. Is there sin in your life? Deal with it. Do you see sin in somebody else's life? That's a brother in Christ. Brother and sister in Christ then we must confront them, but confront them in love. Truth in love. But if I choose to do this, well, I'm not going to worry about it. God's going to overlook it. Well, that's wrong, thinking of God. God's not going to overlook it. Well, let's do this. Let's hide it in a closet and pray that it goes away. No, because most of the time it doesn't. I know that in my own life, if I try to conceal sin, guess what? It's still there. And it's, it's going to grow in my life. Folks, I fall into sin. And if you see sin in my life, guess what you need to do? Come tell me about it. Is it going to hurt? You better believe it is because it's a natural thing in my life. It's natural. It comes, man, it, just, it comes so easy to sin and, and fall into thinking my own thinking. And so when you tell me that Leroy's thinking is wrong... That hurts. I hurt my feelings. But we need to not be so worried about feelings. We need to deal with each other. If you really love me, guess what? You're going to come to me. But why do we not go to our brothers and sisters in Christ? Truly, because we don't love them. Truly, it's because we fear man rather than God. We would rather go into a closet and say, God, please forgive me this. Please forgive me for that. Please forgive me for that. I know I did this. Rather than go to a brother 
and confess our sins to them because we fear man rather than God. Look at what he says. Because the darkness, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The love that Jesus manifested and taught his disciples, is, is what he's doing is he's showing what to come. Looking at, uh, well, you, you don't have it before you, but in Isaiah 60, I'll read it to you, verse 19 and 20. It says, no longer will I have, this is a prophecy about what Christ is going to do. No longer will I have the sun for light by day, nor the brightness will, will the moon give you light. But you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and your God for your glory. Our sun will no longer set, nor will your moon uh, wane. For you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over. Jesus says this in John eight twelve. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then finally, in Revelation 22, look at this. This is, this is heaven, when we will be there worshiping God. Verse 5, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have the need of a light of a lamp, nor, uh, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. So when Jesus says that the light has come, the darkness is passing away, he's saying that he is the fulfillment of the law, and now he provides the way to come out of the darkness of our sin and into the marvelous light of our God. We can have a relationship with God. And I would say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You don't have to walk around in darkness. Now, some of you, if you don't bring a flashlight Friday night for the corn maze, you may experience this. What we ought to do is, we, we, we ought to do this. We ought to take some of us out there tonight. All right? How many of you want to do this? All right? We go into the middle of the corn maze. All right? And then we just wait there. You know, we just sing songs, stuff like that. We just wait there until it gets dark. All right, because up on that hill, guess what, y'all? It gets dark. All right, they've already t tested that out a little bit. All right, and then we say, okay, now find your way out. No light. Y'all be running into some corn or some millet. You'll be breaking our paths up just like them deer be doing. And that's what he's saying is that some of y'all are going through your life in darkness and you don't know which way to go. You're trying to fulfill your life, you're, you're trying to fill your life with all these things that you think are going to bring light to your life, but they're not because only Jesus is the light of the world. And even as a believer, when we get distracted, when, and, and man, this morning in brotherhood, God was just showing me thing after thing in my own mind of things that are distracting me from him from a fellowship with him. So it shows us where we are in our relationship with God. But lastly, it shows that loving one another reveals our fellowship with God. Look at verse 9. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. If you hate a brother in Christ, what we will find out soon enough in 1 John, if we get there, 
in about five years. Just kidding. You will find out that if you hate your brother or sister in Christ and you're not obedient to God's Word, ultimately you are not a Christian. That's what it's showing. Because your obedience to God's Word in this aspect of loving one another reveals whether you know Christ or not. Does this mean that we're not going to struggle? No. With each other. Because guess what? You're a different person than I am. You have different views than I have, right? But we have different ways of doing things, right? Now, what should we stand on? The Word and what it says, right? But even in that, we have different ways of doing those things, right? Now, throughout the seven years that I've been here, uh, actually going on seven and a half, wow. Some of y'all I've, I've had difficulty with. No, I just think with you, right? But what happens? Hopefully those things that we've had difficulty with are just our little opinions of how things go, right? But when we have difficulty in trying to understand what God's Word is, that's where we'll go to God's Word and find those out, deal with there's, if there's any sin, right? Yes? If there's sin involved in it, if you hate me because I do something, then you need to deal with that. If I hate you, or disagree with you, I need to line it up with Scripture. If I'm wrong in it, then guess what? I need to deal with my sin and go to you and confess my sin. Ask your forgiveness. But he's saying that the one who says he's in the light yet hates his brother is in the darkness. That means does not have a relationship with Christ. John three nineteen says this. This is the judgment. Can y'all roll forward a couple of slides? Keep going. John 3, 19. There you go. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. So those who don't have a relationship with Christ, it would ultimately be seen by the way they treat people. That's what he's saying. Okay? That if you do have a relationship with Christ, you're going to expose the sin that's in your life, those hateful, the, uh, the hateful feelings that you have towards one another. You're going to expose that. You're going to deal with it. But those who don't have a relationship with Christ, you're going to conceal it. You're going to try to cover it up. You're going to go on line 39 and let everybody else know what kind of problems you have with the pastor except for the pastor. Y'all hear me? But are you listening? Because that's what he's talking about. But also, look, the one who loves his brother abides in the light. So if I love you, this goes. This points back. Here's context. It points back to verse 5 of chapter 1 of walking and having fellowship with God, that we're going to walk in the light. So if I'm walking in the light of Christ, if I'm obeying His Word, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to accept you for who you are and pray that God will work in your life. And you're going to do the same for me. Amen? Let's stop shooting each other. Especially in the back. I'm not saying come up and do in front of your face and tell you. No. But we've got to get over our little, our little pettiness and love one another in Christ. The one who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling. If I'm loving you, 
guess what? I'm not going to be a stumbling block for myself. I'm not going to be a stumbling block for you. And I'm not going to be a stumbling block to the lost world seeing me if I'm loving you. But if the world looks at us and they see that we can't even get along, why in the world do they want a part of Jesus? Why do they want a relationship with Christ? They're already struggling at home fighting with each other and can't get along. Why do they want to just add some, well, I got my Jesus stamp today. Let's argue. No. But we, there's, there's life within us. Amen? And that's Jesus. Amen? So we should be living out that life. Did Jesus treat other people wrongly? No. He loved them. And remember, he's talking about believers. So we, we're not even talking about how you love the lost world. So he's saying there's a problem within the church, a problem within believers. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 5, 16, and 17. Therefore, now, what? Now on we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Here's what he's talking about. How we treat one another. That when before Christ, now stay with me. Y'all fight that sleepiness. Before Christ, I looked at everybody for myself. I wanted to use everybody for my gain. It's that I like you or I lust you kind of love. All right? But after Christ, I see people in a whole new light. I see them as Christ sees them. That I should serve them because Christ has served me, given his life for me. Therefore, I'm to show the same kind of love. Christ, you know, what does incarnation mean? He came and God in flesh, right? He came to this earth and showed God's love, showed his love to us, right? Well, we're to have the same kind of love towards everybody else, incarnational love where we get involved in their life. This morning, we talked about community and, and how we can invest our lives in other people. In brotherhood, it was a great meeting, and we started talking about these things. How we can invest. Look, we've lost community. Now, some of you who are a little bit more mature in age, you probably remember a time where everybody used to gather together on the front porch and talk, where everybody knows your name, just like cheers, right? where everybody would gather together and you would fellowship. And we've lost that, right? But let's get back to it. Look, on Sunday nights, we have a small picture of what we're aiming to do in pushing forward to get community brought. We're going out and having Bible studies in your homes so that you can invite your neighbors and involve, your life in, involve yourself in their lives. Because lost people ain't going to come here, folks. Now, you will get lost people to come here. But for the most part, they don't want to step foot. I saw that when I was uh, in my early 20s. I did a ministry called Young Life. I definitely saw that. We could bring a lot of kids to somebody's house, but they wouldn't step foot in a church. Why? It's because they kept, they, they, they said, because when I go to church, I'm looked at as a heathen. I'm looked at as somebody that's not special. I'm looked at as somebody being written off. So if you treat somebody different because of their religion, because of their race, or because of their status in the community, folks, you need to get right with Jesus. 
Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. Shouldn't we? But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. A life without Christ, you're going to treat people wrongly. So if you're in Christ, folks, and you're treating people wrong, you need to get that right. Who is it today that you need to ask forgiveness for? Or two? Who is it today that you need to deal with sin in your life? Maybe the awkward silence will wake you up to what God wants to show you in your life. Father, as we go into this time where a time of invitation, pray that you'll wake us up. God, that we'll deal with who we are. God, you, you know there's always somebody in all of our lives that we have harsh feelings towards. Help us to deal with that. God, you're already reminding me in my own life right now, my mind, of those who I've treated wrongly or if I've written off or that I've just done away with. I ask your forgiveness in that, and I pray that we'll do that today in Jesus' name. Brother Jason.